Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Guys, welcome to the show. This I don't believe it. This is Josh and it's Paradox. I don't believe it. This is Josh and I'm Paradox. Yeah, you're never going to make me believe that. I'm Jimmy and this is Paradox. Nope. We're talking about myths today. I'm Paradox and this is and Jimmy. And I'm prepared not to believe anything I hear. What's the weird myth or what's the word I'm looking for? Well, the for con- example. Conspiracy theory. What's a conspiracy theory that you believe in? That I believe in? Yep. Well, if I believe in it, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's true. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to share mine first. No, okay. you go. No, you go. No, you go. There was a second gunman on the grassy knoll. I do not believe that. That we never landed on the moon. Please. You believe we landed on the moon. That Elvis is not dead. That's a joke. That's not a myth. Oh. Well, let me tell the one. Nope. No, but there actually first. are people who think we didn't land on the moon. Oh, ben Martin, a buddy from college. He's one of them. He's too intelligent. Oh, I know. We well, had the same conversation. Me. I thought he was. Apparently he talks about not. the flag not moving and stuff oh, like my that. Lord. Yeah, I know. It's the same old, same old. But today we are talking no, no, no. about what's what's the what's the conspiracy theory? Oh, the second gunman. Oh, really? You believe that? No, I don't believe it. Well, no, I'm asking about a, a conspiracy that you There's do believe in. There's not one that I believe. I don't believe. Well, it's not a conspiracy. I don't believe in Bigfoot. That's not a conspiracy. Uh, conspiracy. You're too, you're too much of a simpleton. To think yeah, outside the box. I am. Let me give you mine. Okay. Tupac is not dead. You don't believe that. Yeah, they never found the body. No, you're, you don't there believe that. There was never that. a body. You don't believe it. He is alive. Who's Tupac? Oh, my Lord. And he's come out with 15 CDs since his death. Uh, didn't Tupac, didn't he like to catch for the Mets when that yeah. Ralph Tupac? He's just saying that. You know what Tupac, who Tupac is. Anyway, nobody. See music after his death. Mm-hmm. He's alive. You know we have two myths to go over in this one episode. So we're going to go over some parenting myths over the next two weeks. And a myth being something that's like widely held to be true, but it's not true. Over the next two weeks, we're going to take on parenting myths. And each week, we're going to take on two separate myths. So buckle up. We've got to move we quickly. move through them. First one. Many parents believe that Tupac is alive. False, Alex. <laughs> What's the first one? That kids should never see us argue. As parents, kids should never see us argue. It's a myth. It is a myth. So it's widely accepted that arguing in front of your children is bad. And while that might be true, depending upon the type of argument, exactly. generally speaking, it's very much not true. Absolutely. It probably hurts more than it helps. For example, by not arguing in front of your kids, it creates a false reality for your children that conflict doesn't exist because they don't see us in any type of conflict. They don't see and learn how to resolve that conflict. It teaches kids that when they never see us argue, it teaches them that conflict, that arguments are sort of the topic that must not be named. We can't go there. So it teaches our children. Kind of like Voldemort. Well, you said it. And then we just said it's the name oh, you yeah, can't say. Oh, yeah, I can't say it. Sorry. It also teaches them to A few to Christian avoid... parents out there. Oh, yeah. I'm that not That comes from Harry Potter, Potter that I know no Christians have ever nope, read. Because I've never. it teaches 
witchcraft. I literally haven't, though. It teaches hocus pocus. Hmm. Oh, I've read them like six times. I know. It's ridiculous. I have them memorized. I could tell you what my Patronus is. Rap Hamilton. We're all over the place today. So... That is my setup of the problem. Yeah, agreed. So not only do they not know how to handle conflict, for me, I see a lot of particularly young boys with particularly fathers Mm -hmm. that believe their father's perfect, so they would no more talk about any struggle that they might have. When we don't conflict maritally in front of our children, it really can go towards the lie of we got everything together. One of the most difficult things you'll ever do, marriage, if they never see us conflict, it can set us up as we're perfect. And so our kids are less likely to open up to us about our struggles if they see us as someone that doesn't struggle at all. So it certainly feeds that lie to them, which is not helpful anytime they want to open up to us about one of their struggles. I think one of the solutions, I'm going to give you three really quick to this this myth that we should never argue in front of the kids. The first one is we need to teach That conflict is normal, it's healthy, and it is not to be avoided. But because we avoid it and we keep it under wraps, we're teaching the exact opposite. But our kids need to know that it's okay, it's normal, it's healthy to have conflict. Number two, our children need to learn and we need to teach and to model for them that people who love each other disagree. And you know what? It's sort of wacky, but they keep loving each other. I don't know how many times I've had kids say, that they they heard their parents arguing and they think they're going to divorce. They've never threatened it. They never it, it just they see conflict like for the first time or on this rare occasion. And if they're yelling at each other, they don't love each other. They're going to get a divorce, and that is not true. And the and and the last thing I would say to parents is after a conflict that we allow the children to experience, you know, again if it's appropriate, we need to talk about that conflict with our kids again when it's appropriate, so that we can demonstrate, we can talk to them about how it was resolved, and if it wasn't resolved, how we came to accept the agree to disagree. To know they witnessed this argument, the next day or two, come back and say, you know, when your your mom and I were arguing over blah, 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 this is what the deal was, and this is how we worked it out. Do you know how precious that is? So these kids are learning, oh, okay, you can negotiate, you can give a little in order, you know, to to solve these things within the family. So try to actively teach and model how that conflict should take place or how it did take place. I've yawned four times since you've been talking. Yes. So you mentioned when appropriate. You said that a couple of times. And just as a helpful hint, any of the biggies that might get you into counseling disagreements, probably not appropriate to discuss in front of your kids. But when it's the you leave your shoes different places or kind of the the more minor annoyances that you're probably going to have to drop because your spouse didn't change it anyway, those types of things you can feel free to bring up to your kids. Or in front of your kids. Don't bring up the alcoholism or the affair (laughs) or those type things. Yeah, no, 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 save that. Yes. And and to one of my points, save parenting disagreements to behind closed doors as well. They need to see you on the same page. You were about to say? Yes. I was just about to say, again, this is the myth. And I'm telling you, I think that a lot of us believe this when we had kids, that kids should never see us argue. It's a myth. So don't disagree about parenting as well. The two things I would add as far as solutions is you need to aim for a respectful dialogue, which more than likely is going to require you to have the conversation after the heat of the moment or the heat of the infraction. And so when it happens, when whatever happens happens, take 20 minutes and y'all just kind of get to your separate corners 
and then come back together and almost purposefully have a healthy dialogue in front of your kids. And so you want to aim for respect. And you also always want to infuse it with hope. And Jimmy kind of got to this when he was talking about going back the next day and, and diving into it about, or about this with your kids. But even in front of them, you need to reinforce your love for one another, even in the midst of the dialogue. So infusing that conflict with hope, I think, is really important as well. Do you know if we actually had a lot of our conflicts in front of our kids, do you know how many fewer F-bombs would be dropped? How many fewer times divorce would, as a threat would not be used if we had little ones staring up at us? And now keep in mind, God sees every one of our conflicts and we should pay attention to that. But to your point, it will keep us much more respectful if we try to intentionally have some of our conflicts in front of the kids. Myth number two. Number two. Kids always come first. Any good parent knows you put your kids first. Over work, your spouse. Everything. Food, friends. We should little up, baby Jesus we should himself. chuck our own food and let them eat it out of our yes, mouths. Yes, baby bird style. Yeah. Because they come first. Because they come first. And again, who's going to say that our children don't come first? But it is a myth well, that you're, the you're kids saying they shouldn't. always come first. And here's why. Why what? That's toxic. Yeah. I mean, that's just a toxic mentality. You see these snowflakes that have to drop out of college and get counseling because they saw a statue of someone they disagree with? That their needs always come first is a toxic mentality that I think parents are bestowing upon children. Well, can I jump in? Oh, yeah, go ahead. It's toxic, and it produces snowflakes because there's an insecurity to that. It's almost like sometimes I fear with the Timothy Center, since I doubt myself as a leader. Yes, um, as you should. <laughs> that if there's like no leadership at the top, it provides insecurity at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And so these kids don't know how to take a poop without being offended or how to handle conflict. And that that is all driven by this insecurity within them due to the lack of secure leadership from the top. Instead of the children come first, I think their needs... Hold on. Are you finished with problems? No. This is a problem. Because instead of thinking the kids always should come first, instead it should their needs should come first. And sometimes, strike that, most times their need is to be told no. Their need is to fail. That's what they need. So yeah, okay, yeah, their needs should come first, but not their wants. I think the problem is, is we're, as parents, we get their wants and their needs confused. There's a great quote from Oscar Wilde. He said, self-denial is the shining sore on the leprous body of Christianity. That's our problem, is we're not teaching our children self-denial. Just a couple of times today, I mentioned to clients the first line from Warren's The Purpose Driven Life. The opening line of the book is, it's not about you. His opus about what Christianity is about, he says, sums it up with the thesis statement, it's not about you. And the first time Jesus was ever asked, what does it mean to follow you? And Luke, the very first time his answer was, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself. That's what Oscar Wilde is talking about, that self-denial is the shining sore on the leprous body of Christianity, because Christians, we don't deny ourselves, and we're not teaching our children to deny themselves. We get to add Oscar... Uh, Just a second. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Oh, that was the BMW dealership. Yeah. 
my convertible's done. Go ahead. What are you talking about? I thought you were going to pull out your phone, play the Mexican sound, and say that you're, you're, you're your own favorite guest. No, my BMW convertible. I'm not denying myself. Leper is sore. Oh, uh, yeah, no. There are too many layers to that joke. Most people got it. Go ahead. But we're going to add Oscar to your list of people. Now it's Dobson, yourself, and Oscar and that Oscar. you've quoted. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. One other problem with having this child-centered home that I would add is it leads to tired and guilt-ridden parents. Preach it. Moving on to solutions. Solutions. And I've got 45 of them. The first one is we need to teach and model self-denial. And and how do we teach self-denial to our children? No. No, 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 no. Can a no? What if no? It's teaching them no, but it's teaching them self-denial, but it's also modeling self-denial. They see us. There's things we could get, we could have, we could do, but we don't do it. And we also want to teach and model the importance of marriage. So sometimes, hey, we're going to Fredericksburg and we're going to miss your 750th soccer practice this week. And that's okay. I think our kids need to see us choose each other over them on occasion. And for parents to use those teachable moments that happen in life, not to run to their aid not to interfere for them or in their behalf at school. Do not do the work for them. Again, their need, what they need is to fail. They need to fall down. They need to be told no. Our kids come first is a myth. We are to meet their needs because that's what loving them is. And oftentimes what they need is to not have their wants satisfied. There, I just dropped the mic. It's not like we can never do once. Never. You sound like an old white guy right now. Never, ever, never. So you can, but it needs to be less than 50% of the time. Unless it's a dum-dum, then you can give them that all the time. Well, grandparents can do that whenever. Absolutely. Yeah. Our our kids get dum-dums all the time from Honey and Ace. Mm -hmm. Anytime we want them to shut up, because they can't talk and suck on a dum-dum at the same time. I just give them a phone for that. That's their own electronic dum-dum. Episode number... Oh, go ahead. Keep talking. (laughs) We just stole mine. I wanted religiously practice no was my solution, which you just said. You stole it. Go ahead. And then I was going to talk about the needs and the wants. And as well as you can meet them sometimes, but the the minority of the time. Yes. I exaggerate for emphasis sake. But if we're going to talk kind of they can't come first, then what is the hierarchy? All right. So... There's all-consuming power in the universe. <laughs> There's all the children. <laughs> no one knows what we're talking about when we say that. Okay. But but no, 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 no. Just so, Google Steve Martin hierarchy, SNL Christmas right. skit. Hierarchy. All right. We got God. Hmm? God's number one. Yep. I want to dismiss that. That is very significant, yes. but goes yes. without saying. And it has to be spouse. It's marriage. And if your kids come before your spouse, ding, Something ding, is wrong. ding, there's a problem. So fix it before you become another statistic. But we're so proud. We're so proud of how we sac- the things you do for your kids. <laughs> that HBO movie of the, 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 the mom who hired a hitman to kill the cheerleader's rival in Houston. That stars Oscar Wilde, right? Yes, as the venerable cheerleading mother. But yeah, the things we do for our kids are stupid and wrong. They need to see us choose our spouse. And so it's God, it's spouse, and then it's your kids. But you might have multiple kids, and you're going to be tired and guilt-ridden if you try to meet all their needs, both of them, all at the same time. 
So it's even appropriate to hear you from time to time say no to one and yes to the other. They need to learn to get over that, that you're actually in that moment choosing the, the, the sibling's needs or wants over the other. That's all good. It's all healthy. Well, I tell parents often when they're talking about multiple teenagers in a house, and one of them is being more defiant and so causing a lot of problems, and that kid will say, will you believe Susie when she says something? It was, yeah, because Susie's taught me that she tells the truth most of the time. There's nothing wrong with saying that. Right now, sweetie, you have taught me not to trust you. So yes, I trust your sister more. What's, what's the beef? I'd have to be an idiot not to. To see you, to your point, to have those children see you sometimes say yes to one and no to another is something they need to live with because it's life. If this episode is... If it warmed your cockles. What's a cockle? I don't even want to Google There's a song that. called Cockles and Muscles. I'm going to Google image cockle. Don't. Katie, you'll see that on my search. all that's holy. Katie, you'll see that on my search results. Why were you Googling image cockle? It's a long story I'd rather not get into. Oh, gosh. Katie, put a <laughs> link in the show notes for Google Image Cockle. <laughs> I don't, someone probably knows what that is, but you know, no, cockles and muscle. It's an no, old song. No, I no. played it in junior high band. Don't believe it. I believe Tupac is on an island right now, but not... Living the life. Muscles and cockles. Okay, I'm going to go. As soon as we get done, I'm looking it up. <laughs> to prove it to you. Paradox Pod. This is such a give up. Paradoxpodcast.com. You can find information about our episode today and our socials. We appreciate you guys listening. We would love it if you reviewed and shared. Take care. See ya. Crying cockles and muscles Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr., For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescarr.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. I do believe that that is the most important relationship uh, that really determines everything else as it relates to our life. But I believe that before people can really engage God and love Him with heart, mind, and soul, they first have got to have an accurate picture of who He is and understand how passionately in love with humanity God is.